Hey y'all, this is Sherry Witt, and you're listening to Unashamed. Unashamed is our weekly podcast where we discuss everyday topics from a biblical perspective, as well as having special guests on to give their testimonies on how the Lord has worked in their lives. Our earnest prayer is that God will be lifted up, and this podcast can be used to further His kingdom. Now, on with the show, y'all. For the cause of Christ, I'll This week's podcast is sponsored by Hilton Photography. Vanessa Hilton has over 25 years experience as a professional photographer. She's located in Germantown, Ohio. You can find her on Facebook at Hilton Photography, or you can call her at 513-218-9393, or email her at psalm1849 at hotmail.com. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Unashamed with the Wits. I'm your host, Sherry Witt. Thanks for joining me today. Hope this finds you uh, being healthy and getting ready for the holidays and just living life. You know, we took a short break. Well, it was a little bit longer than a short break. We kind of stopped right when the first um, the first lockdown happened back in March. We just kind of stopped and just uh, didn't really know what was going on, how long it was going to last. So we just kind of just been living our lives, um, continuing to go to church, continuing to be in God's word and continuing to just spend time with family but we're back and so we are in november and it is my favorite holiday it is my favorite holiday thanksgiving i just love the simplicity of being with friends and family and eating all the yummy food don't know about y'all but i'm ready for work my question for you today is, what are you thankful for this month? This is one of many, but what are you thankful for this month? If you head on over to our Facebook page at Romans 116 KJV, let us know. I would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you and, and love to hear what God has done for you that you're so thankful for. We also just joined Parlor. Well, I joined Parlor, and you could find me at Unashamed of Christ. Hop on over there and start following me. I kind of like it a little bit better than Twitter. But not only is it Thanksgiving. Did I mention that was my favorite holiday? (laughs) But last week was Veterans Day. And before I go on, I just have to give a shout out to all those veterans who have fought to protect us. And, you know, we don't need to wait until November 11th to say thank you. We can say thank you every day. Every time you see a veteran, you say thank you. And I also want to say a big thank you to those that are left behind, so to speak, to keep the home fires burning. Thank you for sharing your loved ones with us. Thank you for uh, allowing them to make the sacrifice that they make every day to go and protect our freedoms, either here at home or across the world. You know, every year, um, well, I homeschool the boys, and they're six and four. And every year on Veterans Day, you know, we talk about, we might do a little craft or might watch a little video and talk about our military and talk about the sacrifices that they've made. This year, because the oldest is six, almost seven, in a couple months, hard to believe. Where does the time go? Um, But it's starting to click with them some stuff, so I want to do something a little bit different. So this year we went to Dayton National Cemetery. Now I've never been to Arlington National Cemetery. I've never had the the opportunity to do that. But we did go to Dayton National Cemetery and I just stood in awe of how big that was. We walked through and we talked about Veterans Day. 
you know, I tried to explain to the boys about uh, how the people buried there at one time or another had sacrificed their lives sometimes or or um, sacrificed their time and being away from their loved ones to protect us. And I even made it to where he could understand it a little bit because I'm not sure that he understands what freedom is uh, in this sense. So I said, you know, because the people that are buried here, because the people that have fought for our freedom, and because of the people like uh, the veterans at our church, or my husband's uncles that are vets, or people that we know, because of them, you're able to go to church. You have the freedom to go to church. You have the freedom to sing Jesus Loves Me and not get in trouble for it. And I think I, I started seeing some wheels turn in, so I'm hoping that he's starting to get it. But the cool thing is, I mean, that not only was that cool, but as you drove up a little bit, and if you've never been there, I would highly suggest going. They have a museum, a military museum. So if you live in the Dayton area and you love history and you want to take your kids to um, teach them about um, our veterans, I would highly recommend going. You can find more information about the museum at their website, which is mvmhm.com. I just want to throw that in there. Thank you again to our veterans. Now, this, be, this might be your first time listening. Um, if it is, it's usually just me or if I have a guest on or someone sharing their testimony. Uh, but if you listen to the very first episode, you will hear uh, myself and my husband, Bill, giving our testimony. And you will hear the vision we believe God gave us regarding this podcast. Now, the goal for this podcast was for God to be glorified whether that be through the testimonies that were shared to be a witness to unbelievers, to discussing things from a Christian perspective, to help strengthen the faith of our brothers and sisters. We just wanted to glorify God because he deserves our glory. Psalm 48, one says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountain of his holiness. So that was the main goal for this podcast, just to uplift God and glorify him. And I had, I had discussed it with my husband. I said, I don't ever, I don't know that I ever want to get really political. I don't mind talking politics, but I don't think this is the venue for it. You know, I don't want, I don't want this podcast to be something that is a, that turns into a political podcast and we just touch on religion or touch on Christianity. I didn't want that. But not too long ago, after we started the podcast, we had someone come to us and say, Hey, I have the perfect person to be on your po podcast. They will there. I know that they're willing to share their testimony and they have a great testimony. And I think a lot of people are going to listen because they are well known because they are a public official. They are an elected official. And I was like, oh, you know, that kind of sounds cool. You know, I, you know, thinking about it and I, I went and prayed about it, you know, cause I was like, you know, I, I would like them to be on there. But then again, I had already said, I didn't really want it to get political. And after praying about it for a while and discussing it with my husband, you know, I said, you know, here's the thing. 
Um, I, again, this podcast is to uplift and glorify God. And our nation is so um, divided right now. And people on both sides of, you know, both walks of life, both sides, they, some of them are so blinded by hatred. So if I were to have somebody on, I wouldn't want them to tell their name until the very end. I mean, think about it. Um, I, I'm just picking up a postcard here. I'm just going to make up a name. Um, say we had uh, State Representative Brooke Trout. And he, like I said, our nation is so divided and people are so blinded by hate. And I were to have somebody on. And I know this podcast isn't a huge podcast. I know a lot of people that are listening are going to be our friends and family, people that already know us. But I'm just using this as an example. So I have State Representative Brooke Trout with me. And he's going to give his testimony. Or she's going to give her testimony. And the somebody listening hates hates Brooke Trout, don't like his personality, don't like their words, don't like nothing about him. And as soon as they hear, we're going to have Brooke Trout to give their testimony. What's the first thing? Are they going to sit there and listen to it? Highly unlikely. They're probably just going to turn it off. I'm not listening to that person. He ain't nothing but a liar. She's nothing but the, you know, whatever. And so I said, if I were to have somebody on, that was in politics that were to share their testimony, I would more than likely say, you know, give your testimony. That person gives their testimony. And at the very end of the program, I say, thank you, U.S. Representative Brooke Trout, for giving your testimony today. Because I want people more so to hear what Christ has done for that person that is in politics than their political affiliation or their political opinions. So I said, you know, I, I think if, if I ever have anybody on, I think that would be the way to go. And then we got closer to the election. And if y'all don't know, I'm a redhead. And sometimes redheads can be fiery. And I'm seeing all this stuff on Facebook. You know, I'm seeing all this stuff I don't agree with. And I'm telling my husband, you know what? I'm making a podcast episode and this is, I might even go live on Facebook and I'm going to give them what for. And thank God for my husband. <laughs> when I am in the clouds, he pulls me back and talks some sense to me, sense into me. It's hard and he probably does it quite a bit, but he did and I, he calmed me down and I said, okay, you're right. He said, remember, we said we weren't going to talk about politics. We weren't that, that this was not the venue. I was like, you're right. You're right. And then I saw something that someone shared on Facebook and it really did a work in my heart. It really, it was like a heart check. And what was shared, and since then I, I thought I shared it, but I couldn't find it. And then I finally Googled it and found it. But it said, Kamala is loved. Donald is fearfully and wonderfully made. Mike is cherished. Joe is worth dying for. Love Jesus. And that really just struck me. 
And I don't know how, if you haven't seen that or you're just now hearing it, how much it strikes you because, you know, we may not agree with their policies. We might not agree with their attitudes, their words, their Twitter feeds, their personalities, but they all have a soul and Jesus loves them just as he loves us. You may be thinking, no way, there is no way, you know, they're evil, they're demonic, whatever side you're on. You might, and you might be thinking that, but do you remember Paul? Before Paul became a mighty man of God, he hated Christians. He hated Christ. He was a murderer. For people's faith, he went for their faith in Christ, he went and had them arrested, he had them murdered. And yet God still loved him, and yet God still saved him, and yet God still used him to do his work. First Timothy 1.15, this is Paul's words, says, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. So we all know, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, if God can save Paul and use Paul and still love Paul, even when Paul was murdering and doing the things that God didn't like, we can all agree that Jesus still loves Kamala, still loves Donald, still loves Mike, and still loves Joe, and they were all worth dying for. <clears throat> so I really thought that was a heart check for me. Even closer to the election, I started seeing images on Facebook and they they said something like, I don't know like exactly word for word, but it would say something like, I will share Christ or teach or preach no matter, even if I go to jail. And I'm sure you've probably seen them if you're on social media. <clears throat> I mean, it was something I had seen on Facebook for years, but within a short period of time now, I was seeing it much more frequently and it got me to thinking. And I was actually discussing this with Jennifer White, Jennifer White this week, and she's been on our show to share her testimony and as a guest host. Uh, so my line of thought was this. The people that shared that, that boasted that they would go to jail for their faith, you know, were, because there were just so many people that were doing it. Were they saying that, beca were they saying that because in the back of their mind they thought, Ah, President Trump's going to win this by a landslide and they, we won't ever have to worry about it. You know, never have to worry about it. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that I saw image after image of, of basically the same, the same gist, the same saying, I will go, you know, even if it means I lose everything, I will not be ashamed of Christ. I will publicly announce my faith, all those things. So is that, you know, is it because they thought that he was going to win by a landslide and that they wouldn't ever have to worry about going to jail for their faith because, you know, of President Trump? I don't know. But I mean, here we are, 10 days post-election, look where we are. Okay? And for many Bible-believing Christians, you know, we're facing at this time what we would call a worst-case scenario. You know, love them or hate them. President Trump has done so much for religious freedom, maybe more than any president ever, and he's also the most pro-life president we have ever had. Now, before we go on, let me state, I hate the words abortion and pro-choice. I hate them. 
to me, they're just fancy words that sugarcoat and they, they, they uh, distort reality. The reality is that it is murder. M-U-R-D-E-R. Murder. Now, God's word says that there are six things he hates. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Now, we can read that God hates a lying tongue, a false witness that speaks lies. So already, there's a lot of people in this world, all of us, because everyone has lied. And if you're lying and saying you've always told the truth, you just told a lie. Because the Bible says, all have sinned. And lying is a sin. But it also says, hands that shed innocent blood. Now let me ask you, who are the most innocent? Our children. But I'm sorry to say this, but there is no way, no way you can speak out of the side of your mouth about how much you love Jesus and how much you want to serve him. But then on the other side of your mouth, say it's okay and you believe in a woman's choice to murder her child. No way. And if you are this way, I would have to question your salvation because this is evil and demonic. Now that being said, do I hate people for making those choices? No. I don't think it's a good choice, not because of my opinion, but because that's what God says. But the beautiful thing, the most beautiful thing is just like Paul, who was a murderer himself and hated Christ and killed people because of their faith in Christ. God still loves you. God still sent his son to die for you. God still wants a relationship with you. And God still wants to forgive you. So that's on one hand. On the other hand, is Joe Biden, who many believe to be the worst case scenario when it comes to our religious freedom and protection of the unborn. Now he's already promised that he will seek to reverse President Trump's pro-life policies if he takes office. And additionally, Biden's plan to restore the contraceptive coverage of the Affordable Care Act would force religious employers to fund birth control coverage for their employees at the expense of their pro-life and religious beliefs. Whether it's four years coming up if Biden is president, or maybe four years after, I think that we can agree that the tide is turning very quickly against Christianity. And it brought to mind this scripture when I, when I was looking up news and looking up things. And it's John 15, 18 through 23. It said, If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will also keep yours. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. 
but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. How true that is right now. If you are a Bible-believing Christian and you have accepted the free gift of salvation through the shedding of blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, then God has called you out. He has chosen you out of the world. And you're one of his children. And because of that, the world is going to hate you. And that is what we're seeing right now. We're, that is what we're seeing. Ephesians six twelve says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And y'all, it's already happening. Really. I'm, it's already happening. Satan and his demons, the evilness and demonic forces have been working for years under a cloak of darkness. But now, now they're not even trying to hide themselves anymore. This year alone, 2020, we haven't seen it so much in national government as much as we've seen it in state and local governments. They want Christ shut down. They want us believers to be silent and compliant. Don't believe me? Think I'm spouting a conspiracy theory? Let's take a look at some of the stories that you may have or have not heard. Why don't we just go ahead and take a little trip to California, shall we? Santa Clara County filed a suit October 27th against Calvary Chapel in San Jose, which the county has said, quote, chosen to flagrantly and repeatedly violate health orders by conducting indoor services for hundreds of people who are gathering close together without wearing face coverings. Under the county's current health, restriction, health restrictions, houses of worship are limited to 100 individuals or 25% of capacity, whichever is fewer, provided face coverings are worn and social distance is followed. Singing is not allowed. Calvary Chapel has tallied more than $350,000 in fines for noncompliance. The church's pastor, Pastor Mike McClure, said Sunday the congregation is not endangering lives. Placing restrictions on churches, he said, harms public health. He said there have been no breakouts at the church, the pastor said, and he is called to preach the gospel. He goes on to say, we have a court hearing that's going to, I guess, and this is in quote, I'm sorry, put a restraining order against all those that will be coming to church next Sunday. So I forewarn you, if you come, you may be breaking a court order. They may arrest you. They may give you a fine or a citation. I don't know what they're going to do. Where Governor Newsom put a ban on singing at worship services. You can no longer praise the Lord in song. You can no longer praise the Lord in song. My son can't get up at a church in California and sing Jesus Loves Me because it's banned. On July 6th, in the 14-page California Public Health Order entitled COVID-19 Industry Guidance, Places of Worship and Providers of Religious Services and Cultural Ceremonies, Newsom demands that places of worship replace their own religious practices with his rules. The long list of dictates for places of worship include the removal of Bibles and pamphlets. They want you to take the Bibles and the pamphlets out because of the spread of the coronavirus. The removal or disuse of baptismals. Instructions on how to wash religious garments, 
directions on how ministers must wash and prepare him, themselves, how collection plates must be used if allowed at all, elimination of singing and chanting, and directly from the industry guidance. This was a note at the very end of it. It says, note, this guidance is not intended for food preparation and service, delivery of items to those in need, child care and daycare services, school and educational activities, in-home caregiving, counseling, office work, and other activities that places and organizations of worship may provide. So, let me get this straight. You can offer counseling where you may have one group or uh, one person or a whole group, but you can't have any singing because singing might spread COVID, but the counseling where you're talking one-on-one -on -one or talking in a group won't. Does that make sense? Oh, you want to hear more? Well, let's go to it. Let's travel to Maryland. That's where we're going to go next. We're going to go to Maryland, to Calvary Baptist Church. So here's what happened. I'm sure you might have seen it on Twitter, on Facebook. But the pastor at Calvary Baptist Church, Stacy Shiflett, uh, received a cease and desist order. So Baltimore City and Baltimore County have both extended prohibitions of gatherings of 10 or more people including religious institutions. So at this time, and this happened in May, at this time, Baltimore City and Baltimore County said, hey, you cannot have gatherings of more than 10 people, including church. They got, the church got a cease and desist letter. And I get, again, if you've seen the video on, on, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, the preacher was preaching, Pastor Pastor Shiflett was past preaching and he ripped up the letter during a, I believe it was a Wednesday night service. And he, he said something uh, during a Wednesday night service and says, I'm tearing up the cease and desist order right now. And I'm telling you right now, we're going to do it God's way. Newsflash, Pharaoh doesn't get to dictate to God's people how they worship their God. Baltimore County Department of Permits. Now the party uh, or the Department of Permits Find the church $500 for having unsafe structures due to having more than 10 people in their building. So it wasn't that they were cited for breaking the prohibition of gathering. They were cited by the Department of Permits for, for having an unsafe structure due to having more than 10 people in their building. Now, this was despite having a 600 seat auditorium. This was despite by being given the go ahead by the governor to resume at 50% capacity. So despite those things, and despite the fact that they were also following CDC protocol, they were fined by the Baltimore's, by Baltimore for having unsafe structure because they were having more than 10 people in their church. Now he could have paid the fine. $500. I mean, this church seats 600, 600 people. They could have had each member. There's 600 people pay some. I, I've been following him uh, since all this happened. And I have seen the comments that people make when he's went live saying, Hey, I will pay it for you. I, 
you know, let's start a GoFundMe. I know people will pay. And he's always said, no, we're going to fight it. So he could have paid it. But that wasn't the point. You know, he was fined for having an unsafe, unsafe structure. But God always prevails, y'all. If you have checked out our Facebook page, I shared a video that he went live, I believe it was yesterday, after a summer of ongoing appeal, appeals. They found out this, this week the church won and they will not have to pay that fine. Praise the Lord. Again, he's greatly to be praised. Praise the Lord for that. Let's take a trip down south to Mississippi. This was back in April. And this was Temple Baptist Church and King James Bible Baptist Church in Mississippi. Members of a church in Mississippi were fined $500 for sitting in their own cars in the church parking lot while listening to their pastor's sermon broadcast over the radio. Now think about it. They're not even inside church. They were banned from having indoor services. The pastor's like, okay, we'll have outdoor services. The people can sit in their cars. You know, a family, here's a family can sit in this car. You know, social distancing so far away. Another car, the windows are rolled up. They're listening to the preacher who's outside, preaching from his pulpit, preaching over the radio. They have the radio turned on, listening, and guess what? The cops come and they write out citations for all the congregation. Now, a couple weeks later, the mayor rescinded the citations. But those are churches and we do have COVID going on. Now, by no means am I saying that COVID is not real. I believe it is. I have seen people sick with it. I know people sick with it. I know people did die of it. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying though is these churches are not getting banned from meeting because of the public health. They're being banned because of Christianity. And I'll prove my point right here. If the government, if these governments, these state governments, these local governments are so bent on keeping people safe from this COVID, and they want to close churches. Why have they done nothing about the riots that happened over the summer? So a church can mean as long as they have less than 10 people in some states. But then a street over. They could have 500 people. No face mask. Riding about whatever. You know, if they cared for the public and said, this is a health crisis, it's a health crisis. And they cared so much that they put a limit on funerals. Why is it that a celebrity or someone that's deemed important in this, in, in, in this world dies and their funeral has no limit on how many people can come? But Joe Smode down the road, whose mom just died, can only have five people at the funeral. Does that make sense? But let me rest your worries about it being churches. This is in Rhode Island. And this just happened in June. And it has nothing to do with the COVID. Gail Blair, a woman who is blind, was at a public 
park talking with people about her faith in Jesus. Now, she didn't follow anyone. She didn't harass anyone. She wasn't argumentative or combative. She wasn't screaming, uh, you know, repent or burn. She wasn't doing any of that. People come up. They talked to her. She would talk to them, and then she would offer them a gospel of Jesus or a gospel of John pamphlet. Because of a complaint, the government decided to ban her from the park for two years, all because she was talking and sharing her faith to people who talked to her. Now, again, God prevailed because she has since filed a lawsuit for discrimination and she won. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go to Indiana. Indiana, close to where I live, or where I used to live in Indiana. This is in Jackson County, Indiana. So there's been a display, a nativity display in Jackson County since 2003 when the Brownstown Ministerial Association purchased it and saw approval for placement on the courthouse lawn. So not only is there a nativity scene, there's also a Santa Claus, a sleigh, and reindeer are all incorporated in that nativity. So it's all just a big Christmas decoration. So a local resident complained to the Freedom From Religion Foundation in 2018, and the nonprofit sent a letter to Brownstown condemning the activity. And then an atheist filed a lawsuit later to remove it. And so the judge deemed it unconstitutional. And so they're actually appealing that and filing again for them to be able to put the nativity scene back on the ground in Jackson County, Indiana. I could go on and on. I'm sure I could probably find many, many, many more stories. And like I said, believe it or not, you can call it a conspiracy theory if you want but they are coming after Christians. And y'all, if you're Bible-believing Christians, listen to me. If y'all are Bible-believing Christians, y'all better best be taking up our armor. We best be taking up our armor and get ready for battle because it's a coming. What, what am I saying? It's already here. It's not coming. It's already here. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I have this written on the wall in the boys' room. Uh because and we and we read it every once in a while finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. While talking to Jennifer this week, I even questioned, this is one of the questions I was asking her, could this be a test to weed out like the fake Christians from the true Christians? You know, many people have a head knowledge of Jesus, but they don't have a heart knowledge. 
They believe in Jesus. Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. But they've never accepted the free gift of salvation. My question for you is which one are you? You know, if you shared that post I was talking about earlier about would you go to jail for your faith? Um, would you? You know, it's easy to say yes. It's easy to boast and say, well, yeah, I'm a strong Christian. I, I'm strong in my faith. I, I'll go to jail for my faith. You know, so it's easy to say, but it may be hard to do when it comes down to it. I mean, we live in the greatest country here in the United States. And we're fortunate, I guess you could say, that we've never suffered the persecution that our beloved brothers and sisters in other countries face every day. For instance, in North Korea, the Korea Future Initiative was released this month and based on interviews with survivors, witnesses, and perpetrators of abuses, here's what they found. They found that 273 victims of religious freedom violations were identified, including 215 involving Christians. And these are some of the things they detailed in their report. A government official was shot and killed at an airfield in front of a crowd. Do you know why? Well, it wasn't because he lied. It wasn't because he stole. It wasn't because he cheated on his wife. He was shot because in his possession he had a Bible. A Bible. Another violation was a Christian was tied to a wooden stick at a public mar market and executed by a firing squad. Again, for possession of a Bible. That's just North Korea, y'all. But I don't really, un I don't know if we really understand what persecution cost. I mean, can you imagine losing your job? Because you stood up for Christ? Could you imagine having your children taken away? Because you're trying to teach them biblical values and trying to teach them about Jesus. And the government comes in and CPS gets called on you and you get told, you cannot teach your children about Jesus. We are removing them from your home because of what they deem mental abuse. And we're going to put them with someone else. And we're going to fine you. And then you're going to lose your job. Can you? I don't think that we really understand what that entails. What the cost is. And, it, and you know, it may very well come to that before we get called home to be with Jesus. I mean, we're already seeing it. We are. I just got done talking about those churches. And I know people are going to say, well, that's because of the COVID. You know, you can call it what you want, but when I can go to Walmart for two hours, as long as I got a face covering, go to Walmart or Meyer for two hours, which usually takes me, you know, a good two hours to go grocery shopping. I go, I go shopping every two weeks. I usually have one or both the kids with me, so I got to watch them. I'm on a budget, so I have my calculator, got my coupons, got my um, uh, menu, Got my grocery list. Uh, reading the reading the the labels on food, trying to find out what's in it, because there's certain things that we don't give our kids. Seeing what's on sale, what you know, what what is a good deal. So it takes me two 
maybe two and a half hours sometimes. So I'm in there for two and a half hours and that's fine. But you're telling me that I can't go to church for an hour because I might get the coronavirus? And you're going to ban the fact that I want to go to church to worship my Lord and Savior? But it's okay that I can go to Lowe's and go get stuff for a home improvement project and be in there for a couple hours? You're not going to convince me the reason that these churches are getting banned, that the reason that they're saying you can't sing is because of public health and the coronavirus. You're not going to convince me of that. We need to open our eyes and see what's going on before us. And the reality is they're coming after our churches. They're coming after the believers. That's what they're doing. Mark my words. The persecution, it might come here. It might, I'm sure it's going to get worse before, before we're called home. Now listen to this. According to Open Doors International, just this year alone, over 260 million Christians have faced high levels of persecution. This includes 2,983 people that were killed for their faith in Christ on average. That is eight people killed every day for their faith in Christ. 3,711 were detained, arrested, and imprisoned without a trial for their faith in Christ. So again, to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, if we're facing a worst case scenario, as the tide continues to turn against Christianity, what exactly are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sit silently as the government, as our local government, as our state government, and maybe even our national government tells us that we cannot meet, that we cannot worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we cannot sing praises unto him? Or are you going to stand up, put on the full armor of God and say, we will not stand for it. We will defy the law. We will continue to meet. And if it means that we get cited, if it means that we get thrown in jail, then so be it. That's the question. That's something to ponder this week. You know, join us next week as we'll be having my sister, Jerry Byard, on to share her testimony and why she chose to homeschool. She homeschooled her, my nephew and niece, um, and I, I'm really excited about it. If you have questions about homeschooling, uh, feel free to send me a message on Facebook or email us at romans116kjv at yahoo.com. I'll try to help you as much as I can. But I want to end this week's program by sharing some lyrics of encouragement by my favorite group ever, Brian Free and Assurance. And it's from their song, Keep Looking Up. I keep looking up for my Lord is coming down. My heart's been waiting, anticipating to hear that trumpet sound. My eyes are always open, opening another day of hoping I see him in the clouds. I keep looking up for my Lord is coming down. Here we go. Brothers, be encouraged. Sisters, don't lose heart. Saints, we must remember that soon we will depart. Sometimes we all get weary. Let us not lose hope. Go back to what he written, what he's written. Keep trusting what we'll know. No, he's never 
too early, or he's never done one thing early, and he's never done one thing late. We'll always find he's always on time, so let us watch and wait. So I encourage you this week, keep looking up, for the Lord is coming down. Thanks for listening this week to our podcast, Unashamed. We hope you enjoyed it. The song Unashamed is by Brian Free and Assurance from their album Unashamed. You can find more information about Brian Free and Assurance, a wonderful Southern Gospel group, at their website, brianfreeandassurance.com. See you next week, y'all. Yeah.